Hello and welcome to Power Pros Podcast, episode 161. I am your host, the Hoff, Chris Hoffman, and with me, as always, is my co-host and nemesis, Pete Michaud. Man, I didn't think of anything. <laughs> Nothing to say? Cat got your tongue? Oh well. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Regardless, we are back once again to talk about what's going on in the world of Nintendo, but this week we don't have any news, we don't have any game impressions. The entire episode is going to be devoted to our big topic, which is the 2019 Year in Preview. That's right. We know about a lot of games that are coming out, and uh, we're going to talk about them. Yes, yes we do. In fact, a few of these games you know, might already be out by the time you listen to this podcast. But yeah, we know stuff that's coming soon. We know stuff that's coming way later in the year. We know little indie titles. We know big first-party titles. In fact, there are even more titles that we know about that we can't even discuss here, because if we did, we would be spending hours and hours and hours on this podcast. So we're going <laughs> to try to get through it in a reasonable amount of time instead. Yeah, I think we can do it. Let's try. Let's try. And with that said, I guess we shouldn't waste any more time. We should just jump right into it and kick things off with a game that a lot of you might be playing to get or maybe even have already. It is new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, which is coming out on January 11th. Yeah, this one I'm excited for. I don't know. How do you feel about this, Chris? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's a Mario game. You can never go wrong with a Mario game. Specifically, it is a port of New Super Mario Brothers U as well as New Super Luigi U. And, you know, these were some of the best New Super Mario Brothers games when they hit in their original form. I mean, arguably, they're the best 2D Mario games since the olden days. Yeah, and I think just the ability to be playing these uh, on your Switch, on the go, and, you know, if you never owned a Wii U, I think there's a lot of folks out there still that probably haven't. And, yeah, it just seems like it makes sense to port this over. Personally, I never finished the game on Wii U because... As I was getting close to the end, I had a malfunction with my Wii U. I had to send in for repairs, and when they sent it back, it had no more save data on it. So Ooh. I never ended up finishing it. Yes, I actually lost my save data, Pete, and you were not involved, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't believe it. But yeah, the game delivers lots of platforming and enemy stomping, a non-linear world map, four-player action, and you know other familiar Mario fun. Of course, let us not forget that Nabbit is a playable mm -hmm. character, and of course, Toadette, who transforms into Peachette. Yeah. Now, of course, Nabbit doesn't take any damage, too. So it's kind of a good character if you're, like, going to let somebody play, like, your girlfriend or whoever. Yeah, it's good for beginners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. doesn't have to be a girl, necessarily. But, yes, anybody who's new to gaming, Nabbit would be a perfect person to let them play. Mm -hmm. And Peachette has her own abilities, too. She can float and she can double jump. So she is also useful for less experienced players. Now, is Bowsette in it? Bowsette is not in it, but if you want a challenge, that's when you go to New Super Luigi U, and you only play as Luigi, you get the new levels, you get the harder gameplay, and you get the tougher controls playing with Luigi through his own special adventure. Right. So yeah, there's something in there for everybody. Now, my only gripe about this title, I believe, is the price. Uh, yeah, it is a full price game, more or less. Yeah, I just feel like in a couple years we'll be paying like half price for it or something, and it feels like since you know a lot of people have played it that it should be somewhat of a discount, but yeah, unfortunately it's not. Uh, yeah, you're probably right about that. Nonetheless, it should be a cool game, and I am you know somewhat looking forward to it. I'll probably pick it up. My hype on the hype meter, I give it seven super mushrooms. What about you? <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, woohoo. Okay, all right. Let's move along then to our next title, which is also coming out on January 11th. This one is for Nintendo 3DS, and it is Mario & Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey. Obviously, this is a 3DS port of the DS game Mario & Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, but updated with new pre-rendered looking visuals. In addition to controlling Mario and Luigi simultaneously, the gimmick in this title is they've shrunk down and they are literally in the bowels of Bowser. So you get to control Mario, you get to control Luigi, and then you get to control Bowser. And, you know, these foes are basically teaming up to thwart an even bigger threat. Yeah, when these games originally came out, these were, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah, the Mario & Luigi series has always been good fun. So I don't really see any reason not to pick this up if you've never played them. Yeah, for sure. I think if you've played them, it's kind of a hard sell. But still, I'm excited that this product is going to exist. 
Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the thing that will try to maybe entice players who even have played it before, aside from the revamped visuals, is the fact that it does have this new Bowser Jr. mode, which seems to be very, very similar to the Bowser's Minions mode from the remake of Superstar Saga. And that is this strategy-focused mode where you recruit various classes of bad guys and build up this little army to defeat your enemies. Yeah, I mean, it should definitely introduce a new gameplay mechanic that's going to be fun. Yeah, and I never finished the original Bowser's Inside Story, so, you know, again, there's a good chance I'll pick up this one as well. Yeah, definitely a fun game. I am excited about this one, and so on the hype meter, I give this one six pails of Bowser bile. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it one Luigi's mustache. All right, sounds good. And then there is yet another title coming out on January 11th. This is a third-party title for Switch. It is Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition. Ooh. As the name suggests, it is an updated version of one of Bandai Namco's classic Tales games, obviously Tales of Vesperia, which has not been previously released on Nintendo systems. So it's a colorful 3D Japanese RPG in which you're waging war against an evil empire, and it features the real-time combat the Tales games are known for, as well as HD graphics, new music, new playable characters, and what they are calling unreleased costume DLC. I don't know if that means it's included with the base game or it's just paid DLC. Not sure which way it goes on that. But either way, it's new content that wasn't in the previous version of the game. Now, Chris, are you a Tales fan in general? Um, I mean, I really kind of like when he's hanging out with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I've tried to get into these before. Uh, I think there was the GameCube one. I just couldn't do it. Oh, oh, that Tales. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I keep buying the Tales games, but I never <laughs> actually get very far into them. So, you know, I want to be a fan, but it's just never really clicked. I keep running out of time because I'm playing... You're playing too many better RPGs, let's be real. Because I'm playing too much Xenoblade or something like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. For some reason, the art style of this game kind of bugs me to the point where I don't really want to play it. Hmm. But uh, I have nothing against the franchise. I just haven't gotten into it. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to try it out, but you'll find the time. That's the hard part. <laughs> uh, so on the hype meter, I'm giving this one 11 magic herbs. <laughs> I guess I'll give it like seven, six. Okay, fair enough. Let us move along then. And the next distinguished title we come to is on January 15th when Onimusha Warlords from Capcom hits the Switch. Ah, yes. Now, I've never played an Onimusha title. Oh, really? What can you tell me about it? Well, this is a remake of the original Onimusha Warlords, which is sort of like Resident Evil combined with samurais, but with a heavier focus on action rather than survival. So you're going to be chopping through loads of enemies, collecting their souls to power up your weapons. You're going to explore some medieval Japanese castles and things of that nature. And again, this is the first time that this particular game of the series has hit a Nintendo system. I think the only other game we've gotten previously was Onimusha Tactics, which came out first on Game Boy Advance. And you play as the warrior Samanosuke, and you fight off the tyranny of the evil, demon-possessed Oda Nobunaga. There are new features in this game, like a new soundtrack, uh, new graphics, and a new difficulty option. So it's probably a great point to jump on and try it out. Yeah, it actually does look like a game that I'd be into. I like the kind of action aspect of it. And, you know, Capcom makes a lot of good games, so I think I might give this one a shot. Yeah, I really liked the original Onimusha. I reviewed it way, way, way back in the day, but I never owned it. So I am probably going to pick this up. It'll be the first time actually adding it to my library. I would not mind playing through it because it's been a long, long time since I played through this adventure. Plus, Onimusha Warlords is only $19.99. So I feel like that's a, a no-brainer purchase. So yeah, this is another one I'm looking forward to. On the hype meter, I give it 57 Demon Souls. <laughs> I'll give it a uh, finely sharpened uh, samurai sword. All right. Then, just a couple days after that, on January 18th, is the arrival of No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again for Switch. Ah, uh, yes, a Suda51 piece? Yes, indeed. This is, you know, the third No More Heroes title. And in this one, Travis touched down the beam sword-wielding otaku assassin. He is back, and now in more of a top-down action game rather than a full 3D adventure. But the twist is, he's been pulled into a game console, the Death Drive Mark II, and so each stage has him playing through a different game in a different genre, be it action or racing or puzzle or whatever. And so, you know, how will all that play out? It kind of remains to be seen, but the game promises to be weird and goofy and violent and over-the-top and, of course, rated M. Also, it includes a two-player co-op mode in addition to single-player. 
Yeah, I want to be into this game. I just feel like it's not quite the No More Heroes 3 that I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right about that. I think, you know, clearly the fact they left 3 out of the title is for a reason. It's not quite the same game as before. It is taking a more simplistic approach, you could say, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. I just think that it's maybe not quite what I'm looking for. Okay, fair enough. So what would you give it on your hype meter? Uh, I would give it one pink lightsaber. I give it four German suplexes and two pile drivers. <laughs> Don't know if his wrestling moves are actually going to be in this game, but uh, hopefully they will be. You never know. Never know. So then on January 30th, we have Dragon Marked for Death on Switch from Intercreates. Now, this game was supposed to be out on December 13th. There was a trailer advertising that and hyping it up, but it did not come out for whatever reason. But now it is confirmed for January 30th. And if you're not familiar with this game, it is a 2D four-player action RPG that lets you choose from four different characters, each possessing a different aspect of the dragon, and you hack and slash your way through side-scrolling stages. Visually speaking, it looks a lot like the old Mega Man Zero game. So that is not a bad thing. Yeah, I really like the style of this game. I think that this is definitely high on my radar. Yeah, Integrates makes some really cool stuff. I just hope it's not as hard as the Mega Man Zero games because those <laughs> things were really freaking difficult. So my guess is that this one might be very, very challenging if you're not playing in multiplayer. But I think it should be fun as long as that difficulty is relatively reasonable and the online co-op works really well. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of co-op games like this. So, uh, you know, hopefully it does pay off. Yeah, this one could be really, really cool. And like I said, Intercreates usually delivers good stuff. So crossing my fingers for this one. On the hypometer, I give it seven dragon livers. Um, okay, I think I will give it eight dragon whiskers. Somehow, coming from you, that seems totally appropriate. <laughs> Next up, on February 5th, we have Etrian Odyssey Nexus for the Nintendo 3DS. Now, Chris, you know my 3DS lives in a drawer. <laughs> yes, that's what I've heard. Mine does not, but nonetheless, you know, this is Etrian Odyssey. It is the final 3DS installment of Etrian Odyssey. You know, I've played a lot of the Etrian Odyssey games. I wouldn't say they're my favorite or anything like that, but certainly it has carved itself quite a niche as being sort of, you know, the definitive dungeon-crawling RPG series on Nintendo's handheld systems. Yeah, it really has, and I'm kind of looking forward to when they uh, try their turn on a Switch game, but we'll see. These games, if you like them, you know what they are, and you uh, are probably looking forward to this one. Yeah, and this is supposed to be the ultimate expression of this as the final game on 3DS. It's going to have 19 character classes, four difficulty settings, and then, of course, it will have the manual mapping or auto-mapping if that's what you're into. Will I get it? I'd say it's kind of doubtful, but you know, for the fans that have been following the series for all these years, I'm really glad to see it finally coming out here. Yeah, I give this uh, four cartographers. Uh, I give it five map squares myself, so very good. <laughs> nice. A couple days after that one, on February 8th, we get Yokai Watch 3, also for the 3DS. Yes, another 3DS game. Man, some serious, serious 3DS love. Yep, in early February anyway. <laughs> but yeah, this is the third mainline Yokai Watch game. This time, it takes place in America as well as in Japan. And I'm kind of a little bit bummed that as far as I know, they didn't go all out with the American Yokai. Like, there's no Abe Lincoln Yokai. There's no Bald Eagle Yokai. There's no Walking and Talking Statue of Liberty Yokai. Nonetheless, there are these American Yokai, as they call them. There are also plenty of zombies to fight, a new Yokai to catch, new mini games to play, new places to explore, a new grid battle system to experiment with, and more. Yeah, again, I've never really been into the Yokai series, but, you know, it is interesting that this is coming out, and I'm happy to see the 3DS getting some love. Yeah, I'm glad that they are bringing it out here and not just skipping over it. I have dabbled in the Yokai Watch series, but I've never really sat down and played any of them all the way through. I will probably hold off on this one, but who knows, maybe eventually I will pick it up down the line. I can imagine you warming up to it. I definitely could, I definitely could. For now, though, I am giving it on the Hypometer Three Ghost Cats. Well, I'm giving it uh, two meows. So after that, on February 12th, the game Trials Rising arrives on Switch. No, this is not an Ace Attorney game. This is the <laughs> latest installment of the stunt racing platforming series from Red Lynx. Yeah, now, Chris, have you ever played a Trials game? 
I've played a little bit. I don't remember what I've played on, but I've played on something. And I've, you know, taken this little motorcycle rider and tried to go through these obstacle-filled courses and get from one end to the other. And, of course, you know, you try and you try and you try again. And, you know, you fail miserably and crash and burn. And your <laughs> poor rider flops all over the place with crazy ragdoll physics. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played a lot, but I have played enough to uh, be entertained by it. That's for sure. Yeah, the cool thing is this is the first time it's on a Nintendo platform. And essentially, yeah, as you named it, you are on a motorbike and you're trying to complete these jumps and the level of difficulty gets ramped up very quickly. But for some reason, the game's just really compelling, really fun. You know, there's been a few, I think there's like uh, four or five different versions that have come out. And anyways, Trials Rising would be the first one on uh, Nintendo Switch. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to this title. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it's been a long time since there was the last release in the series. So, uh, you know, for fans of that, it's really cool to see it making a comeback this year. That's right. Yeah, I think it's been a couple years. Anyway, for my hype meter for this game, I give it four horribly mangled crashes. (laughs) I give it three wheelies. All right, then. Moving along from there, on February 15th, we do have some exciting new releases, but it's actually not a game. That is the day that we get the next wave of Amiibo. Amiibo! Yes, that's right. From the Super Smash Bros. series, that is when we get King K. Rule, the Ice Climbers, and Piranha Plant. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and, you know, so far, judging by the preliminary pictures, they look great. I mean, even if one of them is just a darn piranha plant. <laughs> <laughs> now, King K. Rule, you've never been able to get as an amiibo, of course. That's right. I mean, all three of these are brand new characters as far as amiibos go. Yeah. Sure, but King K. Rule is probably the one that people actually wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, I'll bet he is the one that's going to be in highest demand. And obviously, I'm going to catch them all. And uh, yes, I think that uh, other people will be pretty hyped for these as well. Now, I wonder if his crown is removable. I'm going to guess probably not. <laughs> that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. You know, also, later on in the year, we're going to even be getting more Amiibo. They don't have release dates yet, but we have seen early pictures of Pichu, Daisy, Ken, and Young Link. I'm very much looking forward to adding all of them to my collection. So on my hypometer, I give them 18 blunderbusses. <laughs> nice. Moving along then. On February 19th, we have the release of Steins Gate Elite on Nintendo Switch. And this is the return of the renowned visual novel, now on Switch for the first time. I have played the series before. I've seen the anime. It has fantastic story. It has great characters. It is kind of a slow burn, but I tell you, the story is really, really great and dramatic. It centers around time travel. And what makes this version even more exciting is that it incorporates scenes from the anime adaptation. Uh, plus, the Switch version also includes an 8-bit style Steins Gate adventure. I don't really know what that means, but it definitely makes me curious. And again, if you are someone who likes visual novels, if you like strong storytelling, if you don't mind a lot, and I mean a lot of reading, (laughs) this is certainly one you should pick up. If you might have heard people saying something about Steins Gate, yeah, don't sit on it. Uh, You know, finally pick it up and give it a try because... You know, as far as narrative goes, it is second to none. You've piqued my interest with this one. I, I did not hear about it until you told me about it in an earlier episode. And I was uh, very intrigued and I looked at some screenshots and it actually is on my radar. All right, cool. I mean, I have to admit, paying a full $60 for this does seem a little bit on the steep side. And I also wonder if it really will be able to improve upon the original with the inclusion of the anime cutscenes. But nonetheless, I will definitely be getting it and I am very excited. On my hypometer, I give it a 1.048596 on the divergent scale. Wow. And uh, I will give it one elite gate. <laughs> you will give it a what? <laughs> I will give it one and a half gates. Okay. All right, then. Yeah. You work on making that half gate. <laughs> I will. Okay, then. So next up, we have a game that we know is coming out on February 21st in Japan, but as far as North America goes, all we know is early 2019. And that is Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy for Switch. Objection. Yes, I object a little bit, because this isn't a brand new game, as the title implies. It is just the previously released Ace Attorney games as the first three titles, all released, all in HD, all on Switch. 
And so on the one hand, it means great characters and great stories. But on the other hand, they've all been released on other systems multiple times, and it's all familiar territory. Also, there are no dual screens in this version, and there's no mic on switch, which means no yelling objection into that microphone. (laughs) I feel like you're kind of giving this a grumble grumble then. (laughs) Well, I mean... Obviously, I'm going to have to buy this game because I'm a huge Ace Attorney fan. Obviously. But yes, I'm not nearly as excited as I would be if it were a brand new game or a port of some of the other games that haven't received so much attention. I should mention that these games were released on console before. There were Wii versions, so you played them that way with no voice controls and without dual screens. But the games always seem better when they have those features. Maybe there's some Joy-Con functionality where you have to like wave your hand forward. (laughs) Could be. That option was actually there in the Wii version. I would not be at all surprised to see it in the Switch version. Mm, That's almost as good as Objection. Maybe. Now, Capcom has not gone on record and said if there will be a physical version here in North America. I'm guessing there will not be. But in Japan, there definitely is a physical version. And they have announced that the Japanese version is dual language. So despite my objections, (laughs) I will almost certainly be getting the physical Japanese release, importing that and playing it in English in physical form that way. Nice. Uh, So on the hype meter, I give this one six hold it. (laughs) And I'll give it seven uh, objections. Okay. So then, on February 26th, we have the release of a game on Switch from Nicholas called Remulore, Lost Girl in the Lands of Lore. Pete, are you familiar with this one at all? No, I'm starting to think maybe you made this up. (laughs) Nope, it is real, and it is not terribly far off. It is a co-op action RPG featuring lots of melee combat and procedurally generated level layouts. It also has a ton of weapons, like almost 200 weapons, and also a rather interesting story about a talking book and these cool-looking mecha monster enemies. It's also got some pretty impressive visuals for an indie developed title. Uh, Plus, you know, Nicholas is known for publishing pretty good stuff, so I tend to uh, trust their judgment when it comes to bring over quality games. Yeah, it kind of looks like Diablo if it was, like, revamped with robots and anime. (laughs) Yeah, that might be a good way to describe it. So, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic on this one. On the hypometer, I give it seven delicious pies. (laughs) I'll give it two sorcery spells. All right. Moving along, on March 1st, we should be seeing the release of Toe Jam & Earl back in the groove on Switch. That's right. Toe Jam & Earl is coming back. Uh, Oh, man. This one has got my hypometer breaking off the uh, wall. (laughs) Breaking your spaceship into too many pieces? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, I don't know a whole lot about this game, except that it is a new Toe Jam & Earl game that seems a lot like the old Toe Jam & Earl game. You know, it's still 2D, it's still co-op, and you're still running around in split-screen action, exploring Earth and trying to reassemble that busted rocket ship. Now, I will say, this: what's got me most hyped about this is that it actually looks more like the original Toe Jam & Earl than the Toe Jam & Earl 2 Planet Funkatron. Oh, yeah, yeah, but this is an absolute throwback to the original. Hopefully it's still got lots of uh, gifts to discover as you're exploring the planet, along with uh, all kinds of uh, wacky enemies and things of that nature. But my question is, will the wacky sense of humor still work in this day and age? Will it still be funky fresh? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they tried bring Toe Jam and Earl back before, and it was you know, somewhat of a letdown, but it's been a long time since then, and the fact that this does go back to the original's formula does seem pretty promising. So I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a screenshot here where it looks like Toe Jam is saying, Sup, King Tut, to King Tut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've got to say, that delivers on the promise. So Wow, you are pretty easy to please with this one. So what do you give it on your hypometer? Yeah, I'm going to give this one 10 high fives. What do you got? I give it seven pairs of rocket skates. (laughs) And then, on March 8th, Nintendo just recently announced that that will be the release date for Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn on Nintendo 3DS. Man, Kirby's being so extra. So epic, too. (laughs) Yeah, this is a port of the Wii game, which changes Kirby from his familiar form into basically an interactive textile platforming character where you're collecting yarn balls and pulling cloth and gaking off buttons and more. And 
the last time I checked, they hadn't confirmed how many players this was, but they have said that in addition to the original adventure, it will have two new modes starring Meta Knight and King Dedede, respectively. And this was a pretty fun game in its original form, so it's kind of cool to be able to have it again, but on 3DS. Yeah, I really liked the Wii version of Kirby's Epic Yarn. Yep, it was pretty epic. And I thought... <laughs> and to see it kind of ported to 3DS and uh, still maintaining its level of like charm is a pretty cool thing. So uh, excited to see this one. Yeah, I am not sure if I'm going to get this one or not. But uh, still, on the hype meter, I give it one very, very, very long piece of string. Yeah, I'll give it two bits of orange yarn. And then, in the same vein, just later on that month... On March 29th, we are getting Yoshi's Crafted World on Switch. Yeah, and these just got announced like yesterday, right? Like the, the release date. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, if you're not familiar with this one, it is more or less a traditional Yoshi platformer in a lot of ways where you're still eating enemies and you're flutter jumping and you're tossing eggs. But it also features this papercraft diorama aesthetic. And, you know, that's really visually spectacular just on its own from a graphical standpoint. But then on top of that, the stages have both a front side and a secret flip side. And Nintendo has said that, you know, each level has two routes, a regular route and then a secret hidden route. I don't know if that pertains specifically to the flip side, but it does mean there are going to be lots of cool gimmicks and lots of stuff to explore in each stage. The look is really cool and unique and, you know, I mean, we've seen games like this before with uh, you know, the Paper Mario titles and then the previous Epic Yarn games, but this is probably the ultimate realization of this graphical style. And then on top of that, it's got two-player co-op, so this game could be a whole lot of fun. So I'm fairly excited for this. On the Hypometer, I give it 23 Styrofoam Dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, this one's awesome. And I also think that, you know, just being on a, a powerful system like the Switch, it's just going to make it that much more realistic looking. Yeah, yeah. So definitely excited to see more of this one. Glad it's got a release date. And yeah, I think I'll give it three cardboard egg cartons. Egg cartons. Wow, yeah. fancy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tossing eggs. Okay, then. Now, on April 9th, we're getting the release of a game that I've been waiting for for quite a long time. <laughs> that is Shovel Knight Treasure Trove in physical form on Switch. But more important than that, that's when we're getting the release of the King of Cards Shovel Knight expansion, as well as the multiplayer versus mode Shovel Knight Showdown and the Shovel Knight Amiibo. Now, let's be real. You're just excited about the Amiibo. Well, I am excited about the Amiibo, but I'm excited about the whole package. I mean, we were supposed to get King of Cards like almost a year ago. Right. But after that delay, at long last, you know, these new modes are going to be here. So you get to play as King Knight in uh, King of Cards mode and engage not only in the platforming and action and redesigned levels that Shovel Knight is known for, but you'll also get to play these strategic card battles. And then Shovel Knight Showdown, you know, offers a completely new way to play as well with uh, multiplayer versus action. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. This feels like the like Shovel Knight just is the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. But this feels like the definitive version, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is sort of it. This is all the stuff they had promised. This is probably all the stuff they have planned. I mean, as much as I love Shovel Knight, it'll kind of be nice to see it all wrapped up in a pretty <laughs> package with a bow on top so that they can go on to the next thing, whether that's Shovel Knight 2 or <laughs> you know some other brand new game. You know, Either way is fine with me. But yeah, I've been waiting to get this game in physical form on Switch you know, ever since the system launched. So for nearly two years, I've been holding out for this one and just, you know, getting to see all of the DLC finally delivered, you know, that's going to be great as well. Yeah, I feel like at this point, Yacht Club Games has to be thinking like, uh, we'd like to work on a different game perhaps, but <laughs> but here we are. But yeah, like you said, the Amiibo 3-pack is going to be pretty cool as well. It includes Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and King Knight, who uh, looked kind of chintzy in the early pictures they've shown of him. I hope that he looks a little <laughs> bit more metallic in the final product, but I guess we'll see about that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm super hyped for all the Shovel Knight stuff coming in April. Uh, I give it on my hypometer 2,684 gems. And I'll give it five spades. <laughs> okay. Uh, also in April, on the completely opposite side of the coin, that is when we'll be getting the release of Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch. Man, Mortal Kombat, back to Nintendo. Yeah, we really don't know much about this game yet, but it is indeed the return of Mortal Kombat to Nintendo systems after like almost 10 years or so. And we know it's going to be violent, possibly comically violent. <laughs> it's going to have one-on-one -on -one fighting action featuring characters like Raiden and Scorpion. 
But beyond that, you know, we're just kind of waiting to see. We know that more will be revealed very, very soon. But uh, yeah, we're just going to have to, you know, speculate until then. Maybe they'll include a Mortal Kombat character as DLC for uh, Smash Brothers. Or maybe they'll include a Nintendo character as DLC in Mortal Kombat. <gasps> it would probably be Luigi. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we really don't know what to expect from this, but, uh, you know, we do know what to expect from Mortal Kombat, so we will certainly be uh, paying attention when all is revealed in the near future. On the hypometer, I give this one five torn-out spinal columns. (laughs) And I'll give it four get-over-heres. Okay. And on that same day, on April 23rd, Capcom has just recently announced that there will be a Switch port of Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. Yeah, this one, I remember when it came out, you know, it's like a game from 2013, I believe. But uh, I never played it, and I'm definitely hyped. I looked at uh, some of the reviews of the game that, uh, you know, when it came out back then, and I think the game comes out for $29.99, and, you know, we've had an episode about ports that would be good to have on Switch. This feels like one that's like, oh man, I never got to play it when it came out originally. This seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, I really don't know much about either. I have not played it in its previous form as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it does look pretty cool. It is a fantasy action RPG full of hack and slash combat. And it seems to take a little bit of inspiration from Capcom's own Monster Hunter series, as it looks like you and your CPU controlled teammates are often fighting some of these gigantic dinosaur looking bosses. And of course, this is the expanded version with new areas and items that were not in the original Dragon's Dogma, but you know, were in the, uh, the previous version of Dark Arisen. So it's the original game and the expansion. And now it's on Switch. The graphics look pretty impressive for the switch and yeah i mean did i want this game before it was not my radar at all will i pick it up i very well might so yeah i'm looking forward to uh, learning more about this game possibly check it out possibly getting it on my hypometer i give it eight dragon fangs (laughs) and i'll go back to the uh, 10 dragon whisker scale Alrighty. on may 21st team sonic racing is finally arriving Yeah, this one was supposed to be out back before the holidays, but uh, it did not come out. It was delayed for whatever reason. But yeah, this is the new Sonic Kart Racer with tag team play mechanics and 15 playable characters, including the likes of Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Shadow. Now, I did play this game back at E3, and it didn't seem like anything too terribly special, but it did seem fairly solid, so I'm kind of hoping that with the extra several months of development time, they have improved it and sort of taken it from just sort of a traditional kart racer into something that is truly special and can hang out there with the Mario Karts of the world. Yeah, I think just in general, it's good to have some, uh, you know, competition for Mario Kart. And like you said, I hope that it uh, stands up to the competition. Yeah, definitely. I'm also, you know, very curious about this tag team gameplay. That was something that just didn't really strike me as making a lot of sense when I played it, you know, last year. So uh, hopefully that's been all polished up and has become a really compelling play mechanic. That's what I hope anyway. For now, though, on the hypometer, I'm giving this one four chili dogs. And I'll give it three, you're too slows. Oh, dear. It's terrible. <laughs> and then, speaking of mascot-themed racing games, on June 21st, we are supposed to see the release of Crash Team Racing Nitro-Fueled on Switch. To be honest, when this was announced last month, I don't think I even realized it was coming out on Switch, but uh, lo and behold, it is... And this PlayStation Classic is now being enhanced and brought out on Nintendo systems. Well, you can never have too many mascot racers on your uh, on your console. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think you possibly can. <laughs> but, you know, this one is pretty renowned, and it promises to have, you know, lots of characters, plenty of weapons, some crazy tracks. And I don't know. I mean, if I had to choose between this one and Team Sonic Racing... I don't know. I might actually give the edge to Crash. I mean, overall, I like Sonic more, but the old Crash Team Racing, you know, really did seem to go over really, really well with people. So seeing that enhanced and brought back, mm, that's quite a compelling argument. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this series at all. Never played the old one. But again, I think it is probably worthwhile to have. And if it gives Sonic a run for his money, (laughs) uh, (laughs) then uh, sure, why not? Yeah, so I am somewhat excited for this one. I am giving it on the hypometer four marsupials without a driver's license. (laughs) I'll give this one uh, two capybaras. 
Capital. What, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, that's, I don't know. I think that that's probably a pretty that's probably pretty high praise to give the Capital. Well, it's a relative of the Bandicoot. Give it one, let alone two. It's it's a it's a distant relative of the uh, Bandicoot. Little known fact. Oh, it is not. Would you stop? <laughs> Anyway, we have talked about a lot of games so far, and we still have a lot more to talk about, but I do think it's time for us to take an intermission, and then when we come back, we'll discuss the rest Not of so the Not so fast. Interest. Chris, you are aware of what time it is. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. What time is it? Uh, yeah, it's time to hassle the Huff. Oh, phooey. All right. Okay. I'll allow it. Let's get it over with. What you got for me this week? Right. Dear Video Game Professor Hoffman... Yes. Which character from pro wrestling would be your spirit animal? Hmm, this is a surprisingly difficult question to answer. No, oh, yeah. I mean, I could almost go with any of them for a number of reasons. I mean, I like the fact that King Slender is sort of, you know, Ric Flair inspired. I have been known to start walking and talking like Ric Flair after drinking too much milk, so mm. there's kind of that. Mm. But, you know, I just feel like the signature character for the game and the signature character for me is the Amazon. So I think I'm going to have to pick the Amazon. All right, all right. Any reason why in particular? Any? Uh... Well, I mean, as you know, the Amazon uh, is known for fighting dirty. He will you know, bite people in the forehead. He will jab them with a fork. And while I may seem like a mild-mannered hawk most of the time, <laughs> if you do provoke me, there may be a fork in the forehead in the future. Wow. So, yeah, be warned. Consider yourself warned. Wow, that's tell- Too much hassling, it could lead to that. Yeah. Wow, that's telling me a lot about you. <laughs> well, I don't like to admit it, but uh, now you know the truth. Wow, what the fork? <laughs> yeah, don't sit too close in the cafeteria. <laughs> all right, all right, good to know, good to know. Consider yourself warned. All right, then. I think that takes care of that. So now we will definitely take an intermission. And then we come back, we will talk about more of the games we have to look forward to in our 2019 Nintendo preview. All right, we are back, and we are ready to continue our big topic discussion about the 2019 Nintendo Year in Preview. So far, we have talked about a whole bunch of games that already have fairly precise release dates pinned to them. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk about games that don't quite have their release dates nailed down just yet, as we are recording this anyway. Yeah, 2019 seems to be chock full of Switch games. Yes, yes indeed. Even if all of them do not have their exact release dates nailed down yet. Such as this first one, which is supposedly coming out sometime in the first quarter of 2019. But uh, more specific than that, they haven't quite said. But the game I'm talking about is Wargroove. Yeah, they showed this one at a, on a Nintendo Direct, I think, like one of the first ones talking about indie games on Switch. So there was a, some assumption that this would be out last year. Yeah, it was unveiled quite a while ago. And I'm kind of surprised it's not out yet, but uh, supposedly it's going to be here soon and bring with it retro-style turn-based strategy. Yeah, now this one really has a feel of like a Fire Emblem or a uh, Advance Wars, so that's what it's still got me interested in whenever it comes out. Yeah, I mean, basically it looks like Fire Emblem combined with Advance Wars. You know, the Fire Emblem setting, the Advance Wars type of gameplay, and that means, you know, lots of creative different units like infantry and cavalry and cannons and even giant dragons. And then on top of the single-player campaign mode, which is supposed to take like 50 hours, there are going to be multiplayer modes and even an in-depth map editor. So this game should be really, really cool if it delivers on all its promises. Yep, sign me up. Yeah, so this one looks pretty exciting, pretty promising. On the hypometer, I give it a flurry of 56 arrows. 
And I give it uh, lots and lots of Dragon's Breath. Okay then. Speaking of Fire Emblem, there is a new Fire Emblem game on the way. Now, the last time I checked a Nintendo press release, it claimed that this game was supposed to be coming out in spring 2019. I kind of have my doubts that that's actually going to happen, but the game is Fire Emblem Three Houses on Switch. Believe it or not, it is not an architecture simulator. (laughs) It is another mainline Fire Emblem game featuring an all-new story and all-new characters featuring the grid-based tactical strategy that fans love. You'll get to freely explore the world when you're not in combat, and when you are in combat, you'll have squads of extra characters supporting you to really give the feel of uh, army versus army battles. There are also three major characters you will interact with, Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude, who may or may not be the representatives of the titular three houses. Either way, however it pans out, the Fire Emblem games almost always deliver awesome strategy and stories and characters, and this is one that should be really cool whether it comes out this spring or it comes out much later. Now, we've definitely talked about recently how you can like almost choke a horse with the amount of Fire Emblem games that have come out. Yes, choke a horse, that's right. But we also haven't actually seen a Fire Emblem game in a little while. So I feel like this... Well, especially on console. I mean, the last console Fire Emblem game, you know, with, you know, the top-notch production values like that was back on Wii, if I'm not mistaken. Since then, it's been all handheld. So being able to have a game with, uh, you know, the power of a home console behind it and still be able to take it on the go is pretty amazing and has been a long time coming. So yeah, very exciting. I've been waiting for a really good visual Fire Emblem for a while now. Yeah, it's long overdue and hopefully this delivers. On my hypometer, I give it three swords, three spears, and three axes. I'll give it three shape-shifting to gills. <laughs> okay. Another game that does not have a release date yet, but I am quite looking forward to, is Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah, this was kind of a big surprise when they when they announced this uh, last year, right? Yeah, it was. It's something that uh, I don't really think anybody knew was coming, but uh, I'm very glad it is. Yeah, everyone knew that the port of Luigi's Mansion was coming to 3DS, but what we didn't know was that this was in the works. That's right. We kind of thought, oh, it's just a preview of uh, Luigi's Mansion being ported. But no, it was actually a brand new game that was announced. And they haven't really talked about a whole lot since then, but the game certainly does look cool. We know that Luigi has a new vacuum that can fire plungers and apparently give him a little jump boost in addition to just sucking up ghosts. And from the footage they showed in the trailer, it kind of looks like he's exploring a huge hotel rather than a traditional mansion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, between the uh, Mario Kart level and the Smash Brothers level, I'm actually kind of nostalgic for the Luigi's Mansion aesthetic in general. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of the series, and so I am certainly more than ready for a new installment to come out. Another thing that I'm curious about is this big mysterious gem that appears to be on top of the building that he's visiting. So, you know, I don't really know what to expect, but, you know, probably some new ghosts, some new puzzles, new environments, and uh, new goofy laughs and a great sense of humor. I'm totally looking forward to this one. On the hypometer, I give it 45 boos. Uh, and I'll give it one king boo. Ah, I thought you might. <laughs> anyway, another first party title that's on the way that does not yet have a release date is Damon X Machina. This is the mech-based action game from one of the developers of Armored Core, and you will get to use customizable mech suits to fight off an army of enemy mechs of all shapes and sizes. You'll have melee weapons, ranged weapons, you can throw objects like cars and signs, you can battle on the ground or in the air, and you'll be able to play multiplayer either local wireless or online. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not normally a huge mech guy, but looking through the gameplay trailers for this game, uh, my hype meter is through the roof. Yeah, this seems a lot more action-focused and uh, a lot more energetic than a lot of mech games do, so uh, this one could be very, very cool. On the hypometer, I give it seven railguns. I will give it seven super gamma rays. (laughs) Okay then, on to the next one, Pokemon. We have a all-new Pokemon game built from the ground up for Switch that is supposedly coming out sometime in 2019. That's pretty darn exciting. Yeah, it really is. And especially coming off of, uh, you know, Sun and Moon, I feel like the franchise has never been in a better place. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm hoping. I am hoping that it really picks up where Sun and Moon left off because I kind of had some issues with Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Most people seem to generally like those games, but I'm hoping that they just, you know, pick up with this blank canvas and the best tech they've ever had and they take the opportunity for all new characters, all new places, all new stories, and just give us something that really feels like an evolution, no pun intended, ah. of the franchise like Sun and Moon were. So, you know, part of me is like, yeah, but the last ones didn't really float your boat. But the other part is like, yeah, but this is an all new game and it could be really, really cool. So, yeah, I am totally looking forward to finding out more about this one. It should be very, very exciting. Yeah, I think at a very basic level, just having a mainstream Pokemon game on a console is pretty phenomenal. So I'm in. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'd like to know more, but uh, I imagine I will be too. On my hype meter, I give it 200 Ultra Balls. I will give it 10 Pineapple Berries. Okay, well, speaking of berries and fruits and things you can harvest, Animal Crossing is another game that uh, we know is coming sometime this year, but again, we know pretty much nothing about it. I do know that it's long overdue. I do know that I've been waiting for a new console Animal Crossing for a long, long time. But, you know, what specifically is going to be in this game? I mean, right now we can only speculate. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the Animal Crossing format, but how is it going to be different this time around? I think that's the number one question, right? Yes, yes, indeed. I mean, personally, I'm hoping for new activities, new online features, you know, maybe the ability for multiplayer co-op in a single village. I'm hoping for some quality of life improvements to the play mechanics, like an improved inventory system and simplified controls when you're trying to catch fish and bugs. But, you know, I also expect the return of a lot of beloved characters and beloved activities and lots of customization features. I would also really, really like to have some integration with Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. I've put in way too much time with that game <laughs> even though it really isn't that good but it would be great to be able to transfer some stuff from one game to the other in the way that pokemon go and pokemon let's go interacted so you know whatever they deliver i'm just crossing my fingers that it is something that i can get immersed in and just you know spend hours and hours relaxing in the world of animal crossing yeah, I think the Switch's online potential has a, a big effect on this game. Being able to like visit other people's towns and all that. I know it's been possible in the past, but it just feels like this game lends itself to that, especially being portable. I also, you know, I'm excited for maybe some more higher levels of customization. Mm -hmm. You know, in uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, there you actually start to get into some crafting where you actually like find different things that can and have people build you things. Mm -hmm. If they added some of that element into the game, I think that could really, you know, set this one apart. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't mind to see that making the jump over to this version. Yeah, that's true. And having a touchscreen on the Switch, there'll be some uh, cool design features you'll be able to utilize with that. So again, totally excited for this one. Yep, yep. Hopefully it will live up to our expectations. On the Hypometer, I give it 45 rare fish. And I give it six sea shanties. All right. Also on the way from Nintendo, but without a release date, is Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Yeah, this one was a big surprise uh, when it was announced during the Video Game Awards show. Yeah, it was unveiled just recently, and what we know so far is it seems like a fairly traditional action game, which pits a bunch of beloved Marvel heroes, including the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and even Wolverine, against Thanos and the Black Order. Of course, with Nintendo publishing and Tecmo Koi developing, hopefully it is a little more than just a traditional licensed action game. Yeah, what's so crazy about this one, I think we covered this before, but it's, you know, it's the third installment, but it's exclusive to Switch. Yeah, I mean, I still don't understand why they went with that and continuing this franchise from 10 years ago instead of just calling it something new, but whatever. <laughs> and I also know that it is the third of this series, but I think also with Marvel kind of all coming together in the uh, Avengers series and all that, I feel like it's kind of Marvel is it like a fever pitch right now. And, I, and I'm actually excited to play this game. Yeah, I am uh, tentatively looking forward to it as well. I expect to focus on co-op and plenty of RPG elements. And yes, I agree with the new movie coming out. This is a great time for Nintendo to release this game exclusively on their system. If they are smart, they will bring this out in the April time frame to coincide with that film or maybe to coincide with the film's release on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. So yeah, there's a lot of potential to get uh, new players on board, I think, with this game. That might be the most exciting thing about it. Yeah, definitely excited to try this one out. I'll give this one one Thanos snap. Well, I'm giving it six Infinity Gems. <laughs> but will it have Deadpool? What, you kidding? This game ain't rated M. <laughs> it was a rhetorical question. Well, 
Uh, some more titles that are on the way. A whole slew of Final Fantasy games. Final Fantasy <laughs> 7, 9, 10 and 10 2, and 12. Yes, Square Enix announced a whole bunch of these games a while ago. And while there are no firm release dates, these are some fantastic classic RPGs coming to Switch in the near future. Yeah, we talked about choking a horse with Fire Emblem games. I mean, if these all come out this year, you can dang near choke a horse with Final Fantasy games. Yes, for sure. This is a lot of games. And, you know, they're probably mostly just going to be ports of the Steam titles, and I'll bet some of them won't even get physical releases. Like, uh, it looks like 10 and 10.2 are going to be combined as a single physical release. It looks like 12 is going to get a physical release. But uh, will 7 be released physically? Will 9 be released physically? I don't know. But anyway, you look at it, it's a whole bunch of great games. I love all of them pretty much. 7 and 9 are very traditional RPGs. I also have a very soft spot for 12 because it tries a lot of really cool experimental things. And there's also no denying the quality of 10 and 10.2. 10.2, by the way, is woefully underrated. It's much better game than most people give it credit for. But yeah, all these games look great. I'll probably buy them all. I tend to really love the Final Fantasy titles, especially the classic Final Fantasy titles. I'm very much looking forward to all of these. Yeah, I've played 7, never beat it, never beat any of the other ones. So to me, these are all (laughs) must-buy. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're missing out on some classic stuff here, so these should definitely be on your must-buy list. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just hoping the price point gels with what I'm thinking. (laughs) I think it will. I imagine that, like, 7 and 9 will probably be 20 bucks at most. You'll probably get 10 and 10-2 for 40, and then 12 will probably be, you know, close to a full-priced game. Mm -hmm. That's my hunch, anyway. We'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I'm certainly hyped, and so on the hypometer, I give them 400 pieces of materia altogether. I give it one cloud. Hmm, strange. <laughs> but speaking of Final Fantasy, strangely enough, there is even more FF on the way. I speak of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition, which is coming out sometime this year. Well, hold on to your chocobos. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles was sorely underrated, in my opinion, when it came out. And that's partially due to the fact that you had to play it multiplayer and you had to have a lot of equipment to play it. But I feel like the Switch version might absolutely eliminate a lot of those problems. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, it's going to be online that will, uh, you know, take care of the problem of getting a group of friends all together to play it. And for another, it will not require Game Boy Advances to uh, play the game uh, (laughs) cooperatively as well. Now, one of the coolest features of this game, I thought, was that you didn't really gain levels like in a normal RPG. So when you play this in tandem with other people, you don't have to worry that one person might have played 10,000 hours and the other person might have played none. You are basically all in the same playing field. You're just trying to help each other get through the levels and take out some baddies and, you know, carry the right orbs. Yeah, I admit, I have played very little of the original Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, so I'm looking forward to checking this one out, teaming up with some friends, choosing from four different character types, going online and fighting some monsters and carrying that flipping chalice all over the world map (laughs) and putting an end to the deadly miasma gas. Yeah, totally. I give this one seven SIDS on the hypometer. Okay, I give it five Phoenix Downs. Uh, Speaking of Square Enix, another title from those folks that should be coming our way in this year is Dragon Quest Builders 2, in which, once again, you must restore civilization by rebuilding the world. It's sort of a mix between Dragon Quest and Minecraft, just like the first Dragon Quest Builders, but the sequel adds enhanced controls, the abilities to dash and glide, the inclusion of slopes and waterfalls, and more. This one just came out in Japan a couple weeks ago. I got to play a demo while I was over there, but I only played it for about 20 to 30 seconds or so. So all I can tell you is, yes, it seemed a lot like the first one in the time I played. Yeah, which definitely isn't a bad thing because uh, Dragon Quest Builders 1 was actually pretty great on the Switch. So it's safe to say you're looking forward to this one then. All I'm really looking forward in this one is more of the same with some upgrades and uh, I'm in. Well, as far as I know, that's what is supposed to be in the game, so I think it is going to deliver for all your Dragon Quest builders needs. Yeah, it really has like the Dragon Quest, you know, theme going on. If you're into that, if you're into Minecraft, what I like about it is that I feel like it's Minecraft with a lot more rules around it. Yeah. So you're not just like openly building stuff and trying to figure out what you're doing now. I like the RPG elements that they've added in and, you know, dusted with a Dragon Quest sheen. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the first game was pretty cool, that's for sure, and uh, I imagine this one will follow suit. 
I give it 53 piles of dirt on the hypometer. <laughs> and I'll give it one blue slime. Next up, we have Pillars of Eternity 2, Dead Fire. Now, Pete, I admit, I don't know a whole lot about this series. I'm not terribly familiar with it. I do know that it is a top-down action RPG series that's sort of like Baldur's Gate or maybe like Diablo. But this was a game that you brought to my attention. So tell me, why are you looking forward to this one coming out on Switch in 2019? Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, this one kind of is a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and some of those top-down RPGs of yesteryear. They were prevalent on PC in the 90s. Some of the people from those teams actually ended up doing a Kickstarter for Pillars of Eternity, the original, which never came to a Nintendo console. But this one, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, actually is coming to Nintendo Switch, which is uh, pretty exciting. It just allows me to be able to play it on the go. Yeah, for fans of uh, PC-style adventures, it seems like it's going to be pretty cool. I understand that in addition to traditional exploration and combat, it also features uh, seafaring travel and battling. And this will also include all of the expansions and DLC of the PC version. Yeah, this one almost snuck off the radar because, you know, it launched on PC and Mac back in May 8th of 2018. Mm -hmm. But the Switch version is coming in 2019. All right, well, I don't really know if it's my thing, but nonetheless, on the hypometer, I'm giving it one yo-ho-ho and one bottle of rum. <laughs> and uh, I know it's the wrong game, but I'll give it four Deckard Canes. Well, speaking of games that got their start on PC, Doom Eternal is coming to Switch sometime this year. As many people know, this is the follow-up to the Doom reboot that came to Switch just a bit more than a year ago. And so, once again, you can expect lots of M-rated first-person blood and gore, more shooting, more up-close-and-personal melee kills, and a new grappling hook that lets you navigate environments and pull yourself up close towards enemies. There will also be new demon types and a new multiplayer feature that will let you join into another player's campaign as an enemy. The last time we heard anything about this game, they said it was going to ship alongside the other platforms and have all the same features. Let's just hope that that is all still true. Yeah, I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of this release. I'm also excited because I bought the original Doom on Xbox, but I'd kind of wish that I had it on Switch so I could play it anywhere. Now with this one, I will be able to buy the Switch one from the get-go. Yeah, I'm not the biggest first-person shooter player, but I did spend a few hours with Doom when it came out on Switch, and it seemed pretty solid, so as long as they're able to retain that same level of quality, Doom Eternal should be pretty good for FPS fans. On the hypometer, I give it 8 gallons of demon blood. And I'll give it 1 BFG. Okay. Well, speaking of damnation and demons, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is another one I'm looking forward to that's coming out on Switch this year, or so we're told. This is the long-awaited gothic Metroid-style action adventure from developer Koji Igarashi in the vein of his beloved Castlevania titles. I have always enjoyed his Castlevania games, from the items to the skill systems to the level design to the bosses, so I have pretty high hopes for this one, and I played the Xbox version at E3 a couple years ago, and it was really, really fun then, so hopefully the final game will be just as good. Also, it was recently announced that developer WayForward is helping refine the game, so that gives me another reason to expect that it will deliver on all its promises. Pete, are you looking forward to this one also? Yeah, I really am. I mean, honestly, if I could be blindfolded and then someone turn on this game and I start playing it and I thought it was a Castlevania game, that would be the highest praise I could give it. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yes, if it is like those classic Castlevania games that Iga is known for, it should be fantastic. So it is pretty high on my hypometer. I give it 63 Souls of the Damned. And I'll give it four Symphony of the Nights. <laughs> All right. And let's move along now to a couple games that we don't really know if they are going to be coming out in 2019 or not. I mean, we've already gone through a whole bunch of titles, a bunch of things that we have release dates for, a bunch of things that, you know, have been confirmed but don't have firm dates yet. But then we have a couple more games that, you know, we know are on the way, but we just don't really know if they're going to arrive this year or not. The first one, of course, is one that I think many people are looking forward to, Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, this one's got me clamoring for it, uh, even since they just showed the logo. <laughs> yeah, it was announced almost two years ago. We still have not seen anything other than that. But, you know, hopefully it hits this year. Hopefully it is full of all kind of Metroid-y goodness. 
as I mentioned just a little bit ago, I'm not really a big FPS fan, but you know, where Metroid is concerned, it's not so much a first-person shooter as it is a immersive first-person adventure, and I'm hoping for one of the prettiest 3D Metroids ever, as well as the option to use both traditional and pointer-based controls, and of course, all the atmosphere and exploration elements that Metroid Prime is known for. Yeah, and you know, Mario and Zelda have got the opportunity to jump to the new ship, and uh, it feels like Metroid also needs the chance. Just the new hardware always brings new uh, innovation in graphics and ability to just kind of, like like you said, immerse yourself into a game. Yeah, for sure. So I think that definitely has me excited. I'm also potentially excited with the ability of the Switch being online to uh, see some sort of multiplayer added to it. I know that a lot of people think differently on that, including you, but uh, I just think that the ability for that to be there and be good might put this title into a new realm for Metroid. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't exactly a huge selling point with the previous Metroid Prime titles, but hey, if they're able to bring that back and get people excited for it and do something good with it, Hey, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, we don't know if this game's going to hit this year, but if it does, that would be great. I am certainly, one way or another, eager for more console Metroid. I give it, on the hypometer, 255 missiles. (laughs) I'll give it three morph balls. And then, in a similar vein, Nintendo has confirmed that Bayonetta 3 is on the way, but again, we don't know if it's going to be in 2019 or if it's going to be coming later. And also, similar to Metroid Prime 4, we know pretty much nothing about this game. (laughs) Although it's certain to contain tons of shooting and melee combat and ludicrous combos and over-the-top action. Beyond that, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see what Bayonetta 3 brings us. But uh, whenever it arrives, I will certainly be very much excited for it. I'm secretly hoping this one arrives closer to the end of the year, just so I have time to possibly play Bayonetta 1 and or 2. (laughs) Uh (laughs) because I heard they're great and I really would like to play through them. But uh, yes, Bayonetta 3 is going to be a welcome addition when it arrives. Yeah, it should be pretty darn cool. I give it, on the hypometer, six gigantic fists from hell. And I give it one set of stiletto pistols. Okay, sounds fair to me. And with that, I think it takes care pretty much of our 2019 year in preview for Nintendo Systems. And again, we realize that we're really only just scratching the surface. There are tons of indie titles flying under the radar as well. I mean, there are probably another 60 titles coming out later this month that we totally ignored because they haven't received any promotion. And beyond that, I'm sure there are many unannounced first and third party games on the way as well. Um, There's also a new Mario Kart game coming out on mobile phones that we haven't even talked about. No, no kidding. So, yeah. There's just going to be tons and tons of stuff throughout the year. Honestly, I feel like 2018 was maybe a little quiet when it came to major franchises on the Switch, but I feel like that's absolutely not going to be the case in 2019. I think that you know everything from AAA titles to indie games is going to be an embarrassment of riches throughout this year. Yeah, and I even expect some major ports to uh, be announced still with Panic Button in the works, being able to crank some of these out. It's unbelievable, really. And then this Dragon's Dogma being announced within the first week of January. <laughs> That's uh... Yeah, I mean, this is all what we know about within the first week of the year. We haven't gotten to E3 or anything like that. So, again, this is only scratching the surface. There's going to be tons more to look forward to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a very exciting time to be a Nintendo fan. That's right. So I have to ask, Pete, out of all these games we have talked about, which ones are you the most hyped for? Just give me a, a quick list of the ones you are most looking forward to so far. All right. My must-purchases, I believe, is going to end up being Onimusha Warlords, Mm. Trials Rising, Shovel Knight, Treasure Trove, and King of Cards. Oh, yeah. Got to get that. Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, Wargroove, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Luigi's Mansion 3, Damon X Machina, Pokemon, Animal Crossing, every Final Fantasy game. (laughs) (laughs) Dragon Quest Builders 2, Pillars of Eternity 2, Doom Eternal, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Oh man, I'm going to be broke. Man, that is a lot of games. I'm going to try to just pare down my list to my top five. In no particular order, I am going to say I am most excited for Luigi's Mansion 3, Animal Crossing, Bloodstained, Fire Emblem, and very tentatively, Steins Gate Elite. If it comes out this year, I would put Metroid Prime 4 on there instead of Steins Gate. And of course, Metroid Prime 4. Of course. 
All right. With all that taken care of, I do believe it is time to wrap up this week's episode of the podcast. <laughs> but before we go, we do have time for one more thing. No oh boy. And that is, naturally, a dramatic reading. Bum, bum, bum. This time, it comes from the eShop description of the Switch game known as Mad Age and This Guy. mix of Bomberman and steampunk puzzle game with pixel art graphics and crazy piano music. Did I mention about bombs and explosions? Yes, more fire, explosions, and bombs. This is the age of steam. This is the time of unprecedented technology development never seen before. This is the era of science, research, and inventions. However, this world has also another side the side not everyone aware of. <laughs> this world is full of mad scientists who plan to use modern technology for the evil purpose. <laughs> they want to take over the world. But when evil and deception grow in strength, he will appear. Hmm. He is the secret agent of an elite unit which has to make sure that the newest science inventions do not fall into the wrong hands. Hmm. Mad Age and This Guy <laughs> is a dynamic arcade game that combines many elements from the best classic games you remember and love. You will meet a lot of enemies on your way through the world of caves, ice, and villain's fortress. <laughs> <laughs> Be aware of robots, driven by most advanced steam technology and dozens of various traps. Get back the stolen plans and make evil lose again. Game main features, mix of Bomberman and steampunk puzzle game, 54 challenging levels, Three worlds to explore. Thrilling story with this guy. <laughs> Mad scientist, angry robots, and the duck. Fire and explosions, and more explosions and bombs. <laughs> Steampunk setting. Ten hours of gameplay. Steampunk piano crazy music. Wow. Pixel art graphics. Very addictive. What? It's 3 a.m. <laughs> Uh, this one's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what to make of this one myself, but now I actually kind of want to play it. I mean, I get the feeling that even though this description is a little goofy, it's probably done that way intentionally. Yeah, and especially with the name, the overall name of the game is not really yes. proper English. <laughs> no, it's definitely all a little bit weird. But uh, as for the game itself, I really don't know anything about it. It was only released in the eShop uh Maybe a week or so ago. So, yeah, I can't really say if it's good, bad, or somewhere in between. Well, it is made by Atomic Wolf Games, which is based in Poland. So that might explain why it's uh, a little not perfect English. Yeah, well, that could be too. That could be it. But I do like it. <laughs> it's got me intrigued. It certainly has its appeal. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that does it for this week. As always, you can find us at powerpros.podbean.com, and you can follow us at powerprospod on both Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me, The Hoff, on Twitter at ChrisTheHoff, and you can find Pete at BurlyRedYeti. You can email us at powerprospod at gmail.com to talk about your most wanted games of 2019 or for any other reason. And of course, if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you told your friends about us. Thanks for listening, everybody. For myself, Pete Mashad. I'll give it three Hasselhoffs. And our pet tiger, Dromark, let us depart. We will see you next time.